It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van So that right there is Jaime Black. He is an old colleague of mine, co-worker. He is a podcaster. He's an educator. He teaches about entrepreneurship. He teaches about podcasting. Uh, he teaches life lessons. He dishes those out too. Jaime Black joins me from Dynasty Podcasts. And what's interesting, we just tried this. We are, we're pretty tech savvy. We're pretty plugged into how tech works and how the World Wide Web functions. We tried to do this podcast crossover event on the new Facebook Rooms function yeah i thought we had it figured out we went live and i was the only one talking so i was having if you were watching that that brief moment it was just me talking to myself with no response no image from Haima. it was like bruce willis in the sixth sense i just i was living a lie there was no one there i was i was dead I'm dead inside. Carcon Carnate sponsored by Siren Records McHenry, offering curbside pickup and online ordering. Check out their new website at sirenrecordsmchenry.com. If you're in a band, if you own a label, if you want to get your product in a real brick and mortar store, message Siren Records McHenry on social media or just call the store. Siren Records McHenry, always looking to support local music. Hyman Black of Dynasty Podcast, always looking to support local music. Carcon yeah. Carnate, also sponsored tonight by C&H Financial Services, freeprocessingnow.com. Is their address. So yes, Jaime Black, he and I worked together. He worked on the local 101 radio program on Q101 uh, back in the day, the old WKQX that I used to work at too. And since then, you've struck out on your own and you have you have fulfilled the American dream. You are a self-sufficient podcaster. Well, you know, I mean, to varying degrees, like a lot of that is consulting and production work, which I'm, I'm certainly not discounting. I'm really happy to have that. But, you know, I think some people hear that and they might think like, I started, you know, I just throw some audio up on the web and then I go out of my yacht and that is far from the far from the truth. But I, you know, I have been able to turn it into a business model in in helping others produce their podcasts, learn to podcast, doing brand work, you know, all that kind of like basically a lot of the things that I teach at Columbia College um, really are drawing from my podcasting experience. Right. Now, I was wondering this. I asked this in the uh, conversation with myself we just had, but. I kind of figured going into sheltering at home right when the pandemic was starting to really rear its head, I kind of figured with people having more time to themselves, more time to pursue flights of fancy, that podcasting might not only increase in listenership, but increase in participation. I kind of thought there was a chance that more people would raise their hand and say, I want to try this. I could be a podcaster. As someone who has a podcast studio space as someone who teaches podcasting. Uh, is that something you can confirm? Yeah. I mean, people are taking my class, not in, in crazy, you know, certainly again, not yacht numbers. Um, but I, if I get like three people who sign up per week, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, that's, that's an indication that like this is moving. And, and I am selling this podcast course that I teach through the Airbnb experiences platform, which is where I've been offering it for years, but now that's okay. online as with, you know, everything's online now. Um, and you know, people have been finding it. I reduced the price greatly from when it was a three hour in-person class. to now it's like a pretty brisk 90 minutes to two hour class online. Um, and you know, I've, I've gotten a handful. Of, it's only been up for like two weeks, but I've gotten a, a steady response so far, nothing crazy, but enough that it's been like, you know, encouraging. So that's nice. What level do people usually approach you at? Are they 
completely alien to the idea of plugging in a microphone? Do they know what an RSS feed is? Is, is it, or does it kind of run the gamut between total novice to I'm kind of close to it, but I need a little push over the edge. No, the people who take the class consistently are people who, you know, I'm like, here's what mic to buy. Here's how to use GarageBand, because at least my my read on it is like, I think once people get the mic and they, they learn how to record and they learn how to publish on iTunes, which are the things I cover, they're just kind of like off on their own, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't get as many people who follow up and be like, hey, you know, when's the next class that teaches the 102 version of this? I get some of that. But by and large, once people know what mic to buy, know how to use GarageBand, know how to publish online, they're kind of off to the races, which is, you know, fine. That's that's what the course is designed to do. But I get a lot of beginners. My question for you is GarageBand, really? Here's a, and I know like and you'll appreciate this. So I like GarageBand. Chris Payne, our, our longtime mutual friend and, and colleague from the radio days, he taught me GarageBand and that's just what I've used ever since. And I've never had anyone be like, your podcast sounds like really GarageBandy, man. <laughs> and as a true story, and again, you will totally appreciate this of all people. I had a I was on a call a few years ago. I was going to be part of a conference here in Chicago. Uh, the conference happened a couple of years. It was a Chicago like a, a conference um, developed by the city. And so the first year they did it, they, the conference organizers uh, recorded the audio of each panel. And I always like to have my panel audio. I published those as podcasts mm -hmm. and the audio had some problems. So the second year I said to them, Hey, is it cool if I bring in my own engineer who I know and I have them, you know, record this, it's nothing personal, blah, blah, blah. And they said, Oh, we've got a new, you know, producer, engineer, they're from NPR, they're going to do it. And I said, look, I'm sure this person's awesome. No slight to them. I'm just a little more comfortable doing it my own way with my own people. And so we got on a call. It's me. And I, I mean, for the life of me, I don't remember who this person was, but it's me, the organizer of the conference and the whatever producer they hired that year. And we're talking, talking, talking. And I mentioned that I'd like to do it myself. And I mentioned GarageBand. And I'm not kidding. The second the word GarageBand left my mouth, they go, <coughs> GarageBand. And I was like, fuck off, Fraser Crane. Like, you know, this is not, this is just not the hill to die on. But yeah, I mean, and the other thing is in the podcast class, I use GarageBand, A, because that's what I like, but B, because these people who are coming in are not, they're not audio students. They're not going to sit down mm -hmm. and learn Pro Tools. They're not going to learn Adobe Audition. But GarageBand, I can teach them GarageBand in an hour. And then they walk away and they know how to podcast. So I like GarageBand for those reasons. You know, it's easy, it's free, and people can wrap their head around the basics of how to turn on recording and just cut things really easily. See, now I, it wounded me that you compared me to you know, one of those know-it-all NPR pricks, one of those- No, uh, you're not. Fraser I'm just Crane. saying, you, you have met those people and I've you I've interviewed those people about podcasting and they're a bunch of know-it-all weasels. And yeah. it, it, it was stifling. I, I think that Adobe Audition is much more intuitive than GarageBand. I find GarageBand maddening for a lot of reasons. But if it's working for your people, it's working for your people. And I'm also, again, just teaching them how to hit record and just cut some things out and join it. You know, I mean, I'm not it, it's really straightforward because it's only a two hour or three hour class, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like it, it's just people who are like, I have an idea for a show. I am not getting 22 year old Art Institute kids who are like, hey, let's sit down for the next 15 Sundays. Teach right. me Pro Tools, you know, because those, you know, the 22 year olds 
they know how to do everything online. They know how to use the entire creative cloud. I'm getting a lot of, you know, nothing, no ageism in this statement. I'm just getting a lot of older individuals who have a great idea, but they're just not as plugged into the tech side of things. And I think that touches on something too. People who want to podcast, I think you can learn all that stuff in a two hour class. The, the, the basic technical needs, the requirements, how you get from idea to Apple. I, I think a show concept is the hardest thing to teach oh, yeah. how to kind of distill that big idea and make it something listenable and presentable and compelling for at least five minutes. Now I'm sure you could just attack any Carcon Carney episode and say, well, there are lots of, lots of episodes that aren't compelling out of the gate, but I understand how to do it. If it's not always practiced, I think it's hard to teach. Well, and I don't really cover as much of the conceptual, you know, I kind of like really don't delve into because that I feel like could be its own three-day retreat that somebody teaches yeah. some influencer and i'm not the person for that where we could like you know let's let's crack open the egg that is your big idea and maybe i'd make more money if i did that retreat but i'm just not you know i just don't have the patience to do three days of that but by and large the people who are taking the class they're showing up i get a lot of and again no no judgment on this i get a lot of people who are like life coaches i get a lot of people who are you know a lot of people who are kind of in their like 40s 50s who are like hey i've been working in corporate for 20 or 30 years I'm on my own. I got laid off or I left and I want to branch out of my own thing. I want to do like I get a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs um, who are coming from the professional world. And that, you know, that has been the people who are signing up for my class by and large, which is fine. That's great. I want to say hi to a mutual friend, Patrick Brower of Challengers Comics in Wicker hey. Park and River North, yeah. uh, who's on the injured list right now. He got himself busted up good. So we, we wish him oh, a speedy no. recovery and, and good health. Uh, he's also a podcaster. He podcasts the Contest of Challengers podcast, mm -hmm. which is a business podcast. I, I'm just going to go off on that tangent real quick. I've loved his podcast for years. He and his uh, co-owner, W. Dal Bush of Challengers, they talk without any qualms, the full transparency about the highs and lows of running an independent business. And they're brutally honest. I mean, some some weeks, some months, some years are hard and they are they don't spare any of it. It's, it's the most honest and real thing. And I, I really enjoy that type of behind the scenes podcasting. Yeah. Well, and also just, I mean, not that this is news to anybody, but it's just like, it's a hard time to be any kind of business right now. Um, you know, any kind of brick and mortar, certainly. So that's, everyone's trying to, I, I think just navigate what that means in 2020 and how that's, you know, how that can work. If anyone's watching right now, I see Lisa has joined us and Jesus and Chris and Jose, Christina, Maxton, Matt, Oscar, Jeff, Vince, Natalie, Stephanie. Uh, if anyone's podcasting or if you have podcasting questions, uh, this is what we do. This is literally yeah. when I when I'm not working the proverbial day job. This is all I'm immersed in is the world of podcasting. This is I'm as twenty four seven. So you started Dynasty Podcasts when, like, before the internet was created, right? It, it's been a while. I started in two thousand five, um, and you know, here's the thing, like. Because I'm definitely not patting myself on the back for that. I was working at the Apple store, teaching people how to use iPods and iTunes at the time, because those were pretty new novelty things. I was working you know, at Q101. I was working with Chris. I was booking bands on the local show. I had access to a recording studio that now that station's gone. I was using on Sunday nights, you know, the side studio for the, uh, you know, where people record the spots and, and promos. No one was using that. So on Sunday nights after I do my board op shift, I would bring my friends in, we'd bring bands in and we'd record from like 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. until like midnight. Um, and so 
you know, for me to be like, oh, I was doing it in 2005. That sounds like I cracked this code. But really, I was at the Apple store and a radio station. So if I hadn't put (laughs) those things together, I would have really been a dummy. So I really only came to that to that arrival because I, you know, somebody literally put like pizza dough, pizza sauce, cheese and pepperoni in front of me with instructions. And and I was not going to be like, I invented pizza, you know. Are you surprised? One thing I try to instill, we, we both have a lot of connections in media, local media especially. Are you as surprised as I am that more professionals aren't podcasting? Because as it stands, even to yes. this day, podcasting is the domain of amateur broadcasters, and they're doing extremely well podcasting. And I feel like professional broadcasters, people who understand timing, delivery, audio editing, have been really slow to come to this does it surprise yeah, you that uh, yes 100 percent. anyone who's friends with me has heard me like just be incredulous over the last 15 years at like different brands i have pitched being like let's do a podcast and they're like i guess and i'm like oh no 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 like you know in 2005 i get why people didn't jump on it but now i'm just like no you like you're you're missing the boat um and and i have to give a shout out to like crane chicago business because crane chicago business they hired me on uh you know a year or two ago god i mean i've lost yeah i guess two years ago now they hired me on as their podcast producer the first year it was a weekly podcast now it's every day monday through thursday which i am incredibly grateful to have that job hosted by the indomitable amy guth yes amy guth who's great and so i i'm really lucky to have that job producing that podcast but that's one media company then i look at all the other media companies in chicago and i'm like look i'm not saying you know come for our neck and compete with us but also really like we're the only ones really doing this that seems crazy to me you know it just and i've pitched i won't name names or whatever i've pitched a lot of radio stations i've pitched a lot of media companies a lot of newspapers a lot of brands in chicago hospitality restaurants all sorts of brands in the city and i'm sure you've had these conversations with different brands and it's crazy that they're so reluctant to do podcasting when it's like you have stories that you should tell and people are going to connect emotionally to your story and feel like they are connected to your brand and your product and your story and your service, why would you not want that? Well, that's just it. And there's a certain amount of charming lawlessness to being a podcaster. Yeah, there are general rules, but a podcast episode doesn't have to be 60 minutes. And I think that's that's a stumbling block for a lot of people. I don't know if I have 45 minutes, 60 minutes worth of content for a podcast episode. Okay, can you, can you make 10 interesting minutes? Right, Great. yeah. That's sure. all you need. And that's the beauty of it. There's no rule that says all podcasts must be the length of a full commute from Schaumburg to the loop. No, it could be 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, as long I as you're interesting, because I, I think most podcasts do reach a point where five, 10 minutes in, you start to get attrition and people roll off. So, you know, be interesting for five or 10 minutes. That's really all the attention people are going to give you anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like it, it is kind of lawless in the sense that correct. Like you don't have to hit a certain time you know i mean when we worked in radio which again i i have nothing but appreciation for the time that i worked in radio i loved working at q101 that was a great station to work at but you know we had you know we had logs and people have never seen maybe a music log um who haven't worked in radio but it's like every minute of the hour was accounted for you know there was a promo there was a sublime song there was spots there was a nirvana song there was a break i mean you know this but in podcast, there was a red hot chili pepper song there was a lot of red hot chili pepper songs mm-hmm. um but in podcasting, there's none of that. Like you and I could talk for 16 hours or 16 minutes. And really the only kind of like determining factors are like how long we want to do it and how long it's interesting and yep. people are interested. 
Yeah, if you're doing it and you're starting to get bored hosting it, call it a day. You're done. That's that when people it's over. Yeah. If you're bored, the audience is bored. Hundred percent. Everybody doing okay? Watching on Facebook Live. I'm <laughs> I'm still into it. So I hope everyone watching on Facebook Live is still into it as well. But yeah, I, I'm. It surprises me, especially in this modern world. I, I tell broadcasters, not necessarily people in Chicago, but I tell broadcasters all the time, having some kind of digital. I hate to use the word footprint, but footprint behind you sure. is so important. Media jobs are so ephemeral. If you are suddenly cast adrift from your media job and you're competing for another one against someone who is wildly active, a broadcaster who has a podcast or a presence, guess who gets the gig if, you, if you're not doing that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree. Like it is, it's something where it's a necessity. And I even look at like, you know, so I teach at Columbia College and, you know, all my students there, they're just like, why haven't you put all your effort into YouTube instead of podcasting? And I get it, like, especially if you're like 22 or whatever, that is a really valid question, right? Like, mm-hmm. why would somebody spend all their time podcasting when YouTube exists? And I'm not 22. So it's, you know, I do some stuff with YouTube here and there. I still think not- of you as 22, just so we're clear. Sure. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's not YouTube's not my generation and that's fine. Um but yeah, like you need to have something. If you don't have a YouTube channel, you need to have a podcast or a blog or now it's like a Twitch, you know, there's Twitch streams, there's Discord, there's, you know, I'm going to start a newsletter this week, which maybe will be a spectacular failure that does nothing, but I want to try it out. But if nothing else, it's, it's a lot of extra work for you. Yeah, that's the that's the benefit. Uh-huh. But I mean, it is true that like it's crazy. You can do so much now with all of these platforms. If you want to be a blogger, if you want to be a YouTuber, if you want to do a live stream, you want to do a newsletter, whatever it is, you want to do photography, like these these tools are all there and they're largely, at least at their initial level, they're all free. All they require is time and commitment and an idea. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason not to do it. You know, I mean, I, I, I think about like when Chris Payne brought me on, which I was incredibly fortunate to get, you know, Chris Payne, the, the broadcaster in Chicago, who was, you know, active on Q101 for a number for a long, long time. You know, if he had said, fuck off, kid, I don't want to hire you, which he would have been in his rights to do because I was 15. (laughs) But if he had said that, I would not have been able to do a broadcast career because I wouldn't have had access to a radio station. Now, if I was 15, a radio station said, fuck off, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to go make a TikTok channel and get billions of views. Like, fuck you. (laughs) It's so true, though. It is so true. So I'm assuming it seems that way. You kind of went in the same direction I did with the podcast. COVID-19 hit. I realized, you know, my my podcast was had a very specific mode of operation. I took my car to different places every week. I met strangers, took them in my car, and we shared appetizers. I couldn't do that. And I realized very quickly, it was Friday the 13th in March, that if I didn't find a, a way to adapt and move around this, my podcast would be dead. Whatever momentum I gathered for six years would be gone because who knew when things would return to anything resembling normal. So then I started doing this every night, which served the dual purpose of keeping the podcast alive and keeping my mind active and focused on a nightly basis. But it seems like similar situation with you. I, you know, you just did that thing with cameo and the dude from the reader, you did your civil round table. I mean, this is is the new model. isn't it? Yes. And I, I do think like, so I've got to give a shout out to you because you were doing this before me in terms of this particular model on Zoom and Facebook Live. I definitely, I think like a lot of people, I certainly had a number of weeks where I was just kind of like, oh, oh, <laughs> fucking fuck. You know, like I was just like, I just couldn't do anything. And I just yeah. I saw the word um, somebody shared a 
Twitter account that just shares like words from the New York Times and they shared the word doom scrolling. And I just had weeks and weeks of the second I saw that, I was like, oh, that's what I was doing. I've just yes. doom scrolling. That was all I did. And then, you know, I, I saw like, I don't know, something I was just like, I want to do this again and I need to do this again because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to lose my mind. So long story short, yeah, like this has been something that's fun for me. It, it gets me to connect with people because um, I'm living alone, which is a really good time. And I know people who like have a baby or have annoying roommates are like, wow, that must be nice. But also, I haven't seen anyone in 10 weeks. Yeah. So this is really keeping me sane. And also, it's crazy how much people want to talk now. You know, I'm getting people who are texting me who like before were way too busy and no shade to anybody who is, you know, busy. But like people who are way too busy before now are like texting me and they're like, hey, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, great. That sounds fun. <laughs> You know, and and you did a civil panel, and I did a civil, which is the Chicago Independent Venue League. And I didn't, I didn't realize you were doing yours today as well, but uh, or that oh, I did it, I did it last month. Okay, I didn't know KQX was doing their live stream, but also like that was really, it was. I hate to use the word fun because their situation is very dire, but it was really enjoyable connecting with those people and having that kind of conversation. Oh, the thing on KQX was great. It was a thirty-four hour radiothon. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brian Alley and Justin, the morning show stayed on and talked to you know, all 34 venue owners and wow. bring the stories of all these local venues, whether it's, you know, Rosa's lounge and Armitage, where I remember doing a lot of underage drinking, uh, great, <laughs> great blues club uh, on the North side. Um, whether it was, you know, Cole from Cole's bar, or, you know, Joe Shanahan, it, it's putting a face on those venues. I thought was really important. I mean, you did it in your round table. I did it in mine. Uh, we can't say enough to help those people because, we rely on them. I mean, they, they are our spiritual, I don't know, backbone. They, they keep sure. Moving. No, I mean, it, it, we don't have to sit here and say why venues are important. Like, that's a no brainer. People know it. And Chicago venues obviously are magical. I remember being, God, probably 15 the first time I went to the Metro. And I, I knew, I knew that night, you know, I was going to see Our Lady Peace, but I was thinking, like, this is where the pumpkin started. You know, this is where American Our Lady Peace started, right? Like, and that meant something to me and it still means something to me. Um, but even as a teenager, I knew like, this is a important place that I'm entering for the first time right now. And I got to intern at Metro for a number of years and, you know, interviewed Joe over the years with Q101 and my podcast and, uh, and all these venues mean so much. So yeah, like that has been this, the reason that we had or not had to, but the reason we were interviewing them is not great, but it was great to connect with them. And obviously we all hope that those venues are able to get the support they need federally so that they can continue to exist. Well, and we're doing similar things in that our, our podcasts are both hyper-local. And I don't see enough hyper-local content being published, at least to the audio space. I mean, Block Club, uh, Chicago Public Square, they've got the, the news side of the hyper-local covered. I don't see a whole lot of audio going on. And I, I think having something like this, like Dynasty, where you're able to talk to the civil people or, or Carquin Carney, I, I think that's such a valuable thing because it, there's a clear hole there and a clear need. Well, these stories of like, they've always been important. I mean, that's what I talked with Lior from The Reader about, but it also goes back to, you know, I mean, again, like when I was, you know, uh, starting out as an intern at Q101, you know, when I was listening to Chris Payne host the local show on Rock 135, when I was listening to you host Local 101, then when I worked on it with Chris and, and on and on, it's like, it's never not been important to showcase Chicago culture, whether you're doing it in print, on broadcast, on the web. Mm-hmm. And something I've noticed is that like right now, understandably, it feels like there's less um, 
maybe less content or less happening or less coverage. And I fully understand why, because people are either out of work or we can't do concerts, so there's less to promote. And so I understand why it feels like there's less content, but it also feels like it's more important for stories to be told right now. So, you know, hopefully there's ways for that to continue. Um, and you're right, like there's a lot of people who are doing a great job. Like, you know, I'm again, I'm working on the Cranes podcast. There's I love what, you know, um, uh, the tribe is doing and there's block club and there's, you know, the reader there's, there's definitely people doing it, but overall the Chicago media scene feels a lot smaller than it did, you know, 10 years ago. Like the moment it, when chance broke through, it was just Chicago media was like a juggernaut. And now it does not feel like that, unfortunately. True. All right. So looking ahead, I want to thank everyone who's been watching uh, since last I mentioned people. Natalie says, we're so glad you kept the podcast alive. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, Denise, John, Molly Jean, thank you all for watching. I think Molly Jean, also a comics fan, as are we. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, here, keep talking, Haima. I want to show. Sure. Yeah. All right. You're going like to have a record on display mm -hmm. when we do the podcast. This right here is classic stuff. This is Power Records presents the adventures of the amazing Spider-Man and friends. Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk. It's all spoken word, like taking comic books and turning them into spoken word on record. It's I got a podcast. It. It's it's a podcast. It's exactly it's audio entertainment with Spidey. Look at this. They even had a man thing. Wow. I I want to hear that. Deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Ted, Ted Salas. Was <laughs> it whoever knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing? Something like that. Yeah. Sounds greatest, right. greatest comic book title of all time. Giant size man thing. <laughs> Classic stuff. Okay, so Dynasty Podcasts is where we can find you. What else should we know mm -hmm. about Dynasty Podcasts coming up or just your your classes? You know, it's uh, just something where I'm trying to produce content regularly. There's not a set schedule. It's not every night like you're doing, which I think is amazing. And like that's that's an undertaking. I, I can only imagine how much work that is. Um, but I'm kind of just keeping I'm taking it as it comes. You know, I'm interviewing a lot of people who I've already interviewed previously which is great and that's fine um and there's something familiar about that but i am hoping that um I, I guess overall like what i'm really interested in is like trying some of these new platforms like what we're doing on facebook live we tried mm -hmm. facebook rooms and and it's really just kind of like continuing that conversation while it's happening in chicago culture but also getting to experiment with some different platforms and mm -hmm. and also capture this moment in time that i don't know any of us will want to look back on but these are stories that are going to be unique in, you know, in 2020, because like, we're going to be able to look back if we want to and be like, huh, that's what it's like when we were all stuck inside. That's what everybody was feeling when you couldn't go outside, you couldn't go to shows, you couldn't go to parks like, and this for better, or for worse is what was happening in that moment. Before I let you go, you mentioned utilizing different platforms, kind of stretching out. If you're watching and you have an interest in podcasting, Another beautiful thing about podcasting is the flexibility to pivot and change direction and try new stuff. I, you know, we're, we're on video right now and I, I do have a YouTube channel, which is sparsely viewed, but I have it because I, it, it's, you know, it's all part Same. of the fluid motion of publishing the stuff. Uh, video content works really well for Carcon Carney. And as video grows, audio listening goes down. And I, I really resisted it for a while like no i want people to listen i wish they weren't watching as much this is maybe a couple of years ago i had this revelation i thought why does it matter it, it right. this is if the audience tells you one thing follow them in that direction and that's other forms of locked or traditional media don't have as much flexibility to kind of follow those 
those waves or, or vibes or trends. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can, your audience will tell you what, what's working and what doesn't, and you can adjust and you should adjust. No, absolutely. It is. It's fluid. And it's, you know, like I started doing live streaming on Sunday nights um, with my podcast a few years back on Facebook. And, you know, there would be like lulls where sometimes I didn't get to it for a couple months, but like putting it on Facebook. I mean, this is the background, I should say. For a couple of years, we were broadcasting live on Ustream and the quality was incredible. It looked and sounded great and no one ever found it ever, ever, ever. And I'm not kidding. Like the first week we moved it to Facebook Live, once Facebook launched their live stream, I mean, it was like night and day. You know, it was yeah. like moving your restaurant from the middle of the desert into Times Square. And I'm not yeah. saying we had Times Square numbers, but all of a sudden, comparatively speaking, it, so sure. Like, yeah, I was like, OK, great. We're doing this now. This is far part of podcasting and now zoom is part of podcasting so sure let's go where it goes yeah the key is to not be stubborn and be flexible and just be be comfortable enough with who you are and what you're doing that you can audible as needed yeah and no absolutely that point and it, the longevity of podcasts we were talking earlier and i keep trying to wrap this up and i keep screwing myself in the process <laughs> the longevity of podcasts is really only determined by the host a lot of people will jump into podcasting or think, well, maybe I don't know how long this will last or they'll get a couple months in and they're not making money and they think, oh, this wasn't worth it. I think it's kind of like writing. A successful writer is someone who just doesn't quit. I think the same is true with a podcaster. It, it's that tenacity. If you keep doing it, and if you believe in what you're doing and you're excited about it, you can make something of it. You just have yeah. to not relent. And the nice thing that we can both appreciate about podcasting, unlike radio, which again, I loved working in radio, we can't get canceled. Our, our, our <laughs> pod, your podcast is not, you're not going to show up to your mic tomorrow and find out that your podcast is now a gospel station. Right. I'm not going to walk into my home office and someone from HR is sitting there <laughs> who I've never seen before from the home office and then, you know, Toledo. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Haima Black, your website is dynastypodcast.com. Uh, yeah. You know, it's always a delight when we are able to get to, I, I don't think we talked since since the Cards Against Humanity thing last summer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a cool, cool event. And, you know, I was thinking that there's not enough podcaster meetups and now there probably won't be for a while. But, uh, but be yeah, on I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a, I mean, might as well. I, I might actually prefer it because a lot of podcasters are introverted and kind of awkward. If you get them all on Zoom, it might be a little less painful. No, that's true. It's a good idea. So um but this was great thank you so much for for doing this and having me on the show and um you know always a pleasure and it's also nice to kind of be on the receiving end on uh you know i get to kick back and relax a little bit 